Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson. Michael Brunts, we got all three of us here today. First time in a couple weeks, I think we've pulled that one off. Gentlemen, how you doing? BC, you go. You've, you've been around. <laughs> yeah, I was, up, uh, I was up fishing. I was in a bass boat, not looking, uh, not worried about yachts or sur yachts or anything like that, and it was kind of refreshing. The, uh, what's the general feeling uh, about Sir Yacht up in the Northwoods if you had to <laughs> really you know, get into the pulse of it? There's more concern about where you find the walleye up there and what bait you're using um, than if uh, October 10th could be a start date for the Big Ten uh, in, the, in the lands that I was in. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get a lot of Big Ten talk. Aside from – we do have internet now in our cabin – which is uh, new to us and good and bad. So I was aware vaguely of what was going on, but I was kind of not happy being aware of what was going on. You, you liked the primitive digs before? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we don't have a washer, dryer, or, or uh, a dishwasher, I should say. And we, so it's, everything is, you know, a little bit uh 1954 up there and i'm okay with that in that particular in this particular uh case fair that is uh that is decidedly fair uh did you guys brunts what did you do for labor day did you do anything fun uh i did not nothing fun i uh brunts did not have fun this weekend i went on a lot of walks um you do that on every day, though. Yeah, I do that a lot. Um, you do have no. 10,000 steps in before I wake up in the morning, and I'm getting up at like 6.30 these days. So Usually by lunch. I've got about 10,000 in. So you, you walk as fast around the neighborhood as you do when you're like leaving us in the dust, uh, you know, on a going walking into a stadium? <laughs> I'm a long strider, and that doesn't yeah. change uh, on the walks. So Yeah, well. Hopefully, uh, you're not leaving your family in the dust in the same way that BC and I have to navigate everything's just trying to figure out the blur in front of us at an airport. Sorry, I was just, uh, ca- I was just catching up on the latest uh, boat news. So uh, There's more boat news? No, it's, I mean, it's old boat news. It's new to me boat news. So, okay, what does that mean? Yeah, it's, I don't know, we're... Some schools are on board, some are not. Nothing's changed. Still October 10th, potentially Thanksgiving, maybe January. Who knows? <laughs> so anything, anything could happen. <laughs> that, that's some really detailed uh, Twitter reporting there. Yes. It's really kind of hard to shake that uh, Sir Yacht basically just posts whatever the Dan Patrick show posts. Um, <laughs> you know, might be a connection there. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, that – it feels that way at this point. All right, enough about Sir Yacht, and frankly, enough about the Big Ten. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about linebackers. You guys want to talk some linebackers? Yes. Yes. All right, then we're talking linebackers. We'll start with the one that Nebraska added in Makai Bayer from New Jersey. Uh, an interesting addition, not only just because New Jersey is always a state that I feel like Nebraska has more success in than it should, and it's a historically successful state for the Oscars. They've had a number of good players come out of there, but this is a guy that had a really, really nice season um, for, 
for his team and is kind of an interesting addition at that inside linebacker spot. He's 6'2", 220 pounds. 24-7 sports had him as an outside linebacker. That's more or less what he plays in high school. He had 16 sacks, 92 tackles, three pass breakups, five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, and scored a touchdown last year on defense. And uh, this is a, a guy that is a, an interesting, you know, interesting addition, if, if I may say so, to a group that also features Randolph Kapai and, and Seth Malcolm. Uh, what did you guys make of, of Nebraska adding Makai Bayer on Friday? And then where do you think this kind of has the, the inside linebacker room going forward? Not so much the group that you would have expected here this fall, but just kind of what they're doing moving forward and the type of athletes they're trying to add. Yeah, I, I, it's an intriguing get. Um, you know, he took a visit to Nebraska on his own dime uh, and, did, and did the unofficial walk around the campus thing um, with his family, which I, I think is a pretty immediate tell on his interest. But you look at the, the physical uh, profile that he has, he's a, a kind of a is, – is it kind of cliche to say rangy? But, I mean, it's 6'2", 220. I, I think he's a guy that you can put a little bit of weight on him and he would have no trouble holding up in kind of what you – kind of in the old view of what a Big Ten inside linebacker would be, but also with the potential to be able to play in space as well because he is an outside linebacker. And, and I mean, we talked about, you know, the, the, the need for those guys to be able to play in space and the fact that he does have that experience at kind of both spots. Because he has played some inside too. Uh, I, I think it is intriguing and you know the, the this class was going to be important for linebackers you've seen some movement with you know Chris Paul committing and decommitting um, but you know I, I think it's a, a, another good get for Nebraska and you know they're getting down in some, kind of the limited spot territory and uh, I think kind of shoring up the defense a little bit was going to be important these last a uh, few spots that they have, and, and I think this is a good get. Yeah, he had a solid offer list. I, I know he's considering Michigan State, Kentucky, Ole Miss. He looks physical when you watch his, his highlights, and I think he had 18 tackles for loss last year. So, I mean, a lot of good numbers. I like when Nebraska dips into uh, the New Jersey area on occasion. I don't think you can make a living there at ne with Nebraska recruiting, but I do think it's a state where um, – I know talking to coaches about this before, you can, you can cover a lot of ground when, when we get to normal recruiting times and recruiting it, where you can get to a lot of schools in a hurry. So it's a good place to, uh, to put your, your boots in and get a guy or two every class. And uh, obviously, you know, with the Keyshawn Green news, which we'll get to in a second of him uh, entering the portal, um, you know, it, it's, it's nice to, to add another body there. Although I, I, as we'll, discuss this I, I still think it's quite stinging that green left uh given his potential um but I do like what is developing at middle linebacker even without Keyshawn Green I like a lot of the young guys that they have uh with Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer and and there's going to be plenty of competition there uh but but certainly the green loss is significant yeah, and, and we were we were definitely going to dive into that. And, and look, I thought that Keyshawn Green, I mean, I, I wrote about this just, what, a few weeks ago. This, to me, was one of the best, if not the most surprising 
recruiting win that we've seen under Scott Frost and this staff. And so to lose a guy of, of that ability and, and I think, I mean, without knowing the, the full situation and just making an educated guess, it certainly seems like the lack of being able to just have football uh, and, and certainly the schools back home around him in Florida starting up here uh, some this week and, and some here in the future shortly um, made it more difficult, I imagine, for him to envision staying at Nebraska, whereas if he should have been going through, you know, the, the opening weekend would have been uh, on Saturday. He should have been playing in that game, whether it was Rutgers or somebody else. And so uh, I think that, you know, for Nebraska, that's an unfortunate reality of the situation. I think it also speaks to why Scott Frost was so adamant that they wanted to be able to play football this fall, that they know the difficulty of what you're already trying to do to bring kids from far away to get them to the Midwest and then you sell them on playing football. And when there's not football, unfortunately for Nebraska, there's not as many other reasons for guys to come from Florida to, to be here. So I, I think that that was pretty much a direct result of, of COVID-19. But the one thing with, with Bayer and with Seth Malcolm, with Randolph Kapai, with Etavamalga Clements and certainly with Keyshawn Green is I felt like Nebraska really changed at least in terms of the athleticism of what they want from their inside linebacker. I mean, it, it felt to me, and I don't know if you guys see this the same way, that they've really kind of eschewed the, uh, the traditional six foot four, 245 pound big 10 linebacker that just comes downhill I mean, that's kind of what you had always thought of with Big Ten linebackers. But Nebraska is really trying to find these rangy, as Brunt said, uh, athletic guys that can spill from sideline to sideline, that can hang in coverage, that could pick up a slot receiver. I mean, we saw in the past when they've taken on Indiana or Purdue or teams that want to play out of the slot or have a running back that motions into the slot, the inside linebackers and the base defense have to pick that up. And so it is a uh, it's a tough position and you have to be pretty athletic to be able to play it and I think we've seen a change from really what we were getting out of you know when Bob Diaco was here they wanted those big physical inside linebackers like that's what he did at Notre Dame in this 3-4 you can certainly see in my opinion a shift there strategy wise that they they want maybe one or two of those guys but they also want a lot of rangy players too uh, to, to kind of fill that void against some of those spread offenses. Bruns, what do you think about the Keyshawn Green thing? Uh, and what do you think about uh, what I just kind of suggested there, that Nebraska really seems to be changing over the body type is looking for an inside linebacker? Yeah, you know, the, the Keyshawn Green news, I mean, it, I, I don't know that there's really any way to parse it. I mean, that's a, it's a big loss. And it was uh, rightfully celebrated as a big recruiting win uh when when he committed to nebraska after his official visit last winter um you know i i, I kind of went back and, and looked through some of his comments after he committed and also at the, the all-american bowl in january and you know the one thing he talked a lot about was wanting to get out of florida wanting to do something a little bit different um you know said he really clicked with the coaching staff at nebraska and you know i i I think that, you know, we, I think you're right in that, you know, this is one situation where not having football is definitely working against Nebraska because, you know, it's one thing to, to say you're going to go somewhere and, and do something a little bit different from what uh, people are doing at home. Um, you know, it, it's another thing when 
the people back at home are getting ready for a football season and you're thousands of miles from home, um, you know, trying to, I guess, practice for, for, you know, maybe some kind of season. I mean, it's just a, it's a tough spot to be in. And if you're in Nebraska, I mean, what can you really tell them? Um, You know, (laughs) you're going to play football at some point, but you can't tell them when you can't tell them how many games he's going to get to play. Uh, It's just, you know, I think that's kind of what I would point to as being a pretty significant factor in him going home. Uh, that That's, you know, three guys now from Florida in that recruiting class that are not going to play a snap of football at Nebraska. So that's troubling um, for sure uh, when you're kind of looking at long-term depth and especially on defense where all three of those guys have been. But um, to your other point about just kind of the the changeover, I think what you're seeing is I think Nebraska saw that they needed to get more athletic on, on defense across the board. Um, you know, they, they've, they've kind of changed, I guess, the, the type of defensive linemen they're looking for, a little bit bigger guys there. But at linebacker, they definitely have valued athleticism, speed, guys that can really run and hit. That's the, the thing that Eric Schnander always says is he's a run and hit guy. So, you know, I, I think that's what you're seeing with Nebraska and what they've definitely added in this class. And, um, you know, I, I think that'll help them long term. And I, I think it's required by the Big Ten now. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust. You're seeing a lot of spread offenses. You're seeing, uh, you know, schools like uh, Purdue that really kind of challenge you with the wide receivers that they throw out on the field. So you do need guys that can run and cover and, and do a bunch of different things. And that maybe wasn't the case uh, when Nebraska got into the league. Yeah, Schaefer, I think you hit the nail on the head with Keyshawn Green and the, the COVID-19 situation, I think is a direct, uh, had a direct impact on this one. Lincoln, Nebraska is just a different town when football is brewing, when college life is normal. I love living here, but there's an energy that fills this place uh, when the students are all here and it's normal and stuff. And, and you know, there's a season on the way and, you know, even this summer, Barrett Rood was – you could tell how pumped he was about what Keyshawn Green could do. And, like, they were going to start him off on special teams. They were sure that he could be a guy who could play all the teams for him and work his way maybe into the rotation. He was already viewed as probably one of their top six linebackers. So, I mean, they knew exactly what they had, and they spoke with eagerness about using Keyshawn Green. And had this been a normal situation where he's spending August, you know, maybe moving up the depth chart and making plays and getting talked about, and he feels that vibe that takes over this place when football is about to kick off, uh, that's probably a different story. And I wonder the same thing about Jaden Francois and Henry Gray, too, enrolling early. Um, and, you know, they get a weird taste of what it's like here because it wasn't a normal semester uh, where, you know, they, everything gets uh, put on pause in March and then you go back home and you have a lot of time to be with your thoughts and, you know, some, a lot of your friends are still back there. And so I understand why there's some people saying, what, what about this Florida deal where three guys from the state have left, you know, what's up with that? Um, fair question, I guess, but I also think we have to view it in the context of these are very strange times and I don't know if uh, some of these would have these departures would have necessarily happened without the the current COVID situation we're dealing with. So it's really unfortunate. 
Yeah, that was going to be my next question is whether you guys felt like there's any sort of long-term effects here where Nebraska wouldn't have uh, as much success either going into Florida or they'd maybe be a little snake bit. And I kind of take the view that you have to treat this as such a one-off. Um, they've had other guys come here and, you know, successfully stuck around. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle is going to be a multi-year starter. Obviously, Braxton Clark uh, is going to play. But they, they certainly have had – uh, issues with keeping guys from Florida. Um, you know, even when you go back to the 2018 class, whether it's CJ Smith or Miles Jones, uh, those are very different situations. But it, it is just sort of a, a deal where uh, I don't anticipate, you know, Travis Fisher is ever going to stop using his connections or stop searching the, the state of Florida. But Nebraska really needs some of these guys to stay and then become successful players that they can recruit off of going floor or going forward. You know, that's, that's kind of the lifeblood of, of some of these programs that have success going into Florida and they churn out one or two guys that become multi-year starters that they, they could sell back to people that knew them when they were watching them play in high school. And so uh, they, they can't really afford to continue to lose some of these kids and not get anything out of them, not just because of what it does for your program when you're churned through guys like that but also just because it makes it that much harder to pull the next kid out of Florida and so that's a real reality to me and, and like I said I don't think they're going to stop recruiting the state but we, we're certainly a long way from uh, from what it looked like in December of 2019 but of course you could argue the world is too so why would Nebraska be any different all right uh, do you guys have any other more thoughts on on linebackers or Florida recruiting or should we should we uh, depart here shortly and then, um, you know, come back with more? Well, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, you, what, what does Florida recruiting look like going forward? I don't think long-term it changes, but I do kind of wonder if in 2022 you see a little, a little less uh, emphasis on that just because, you know, you're kind of behind a little bit with being able to get out and see guys. Like I, I'm curious to see if, if in 2022 it's going to be a little bit more regional and you're going to see these kinds of questions like, oh, you know, is Nebraska pulling out of the state? I, I don't think they will. Like, I don't think that they're going to, they're going to pull out of, uh, you know, Alabama, which isn't, you know, that isn't exactly nearby either. But um, I, I do wonder if, if just the, the short-term effects of, COVID is that, you know, Nebraska is going to have a lot more regional guys because you haven't been able to get guys on campus. You, uh, I think, you know, you, you need to make sure that you're getting guys to stay too. And, and that's one thing that happens when you, you have guys committing without visiting. Yeah. It's funny though, that, that we say that because, you know, they just picked up a commitment from New Jersey. They're trending on the crystal ball. I wrote about this. Uh, it's on the website today for VIP members. Uh, for a kid in Nevada and a kid in Tennessee. So it's not entirely that they're, they're sticking close to home, but it's, it's going to dramatically affect with 2022 and 2023, as you were kind of saying, they don't get that opportunity to visit campus for games. Like Nebraska builds so many relationships that way that reverberate out throughout the rest of the, the recruitment um, beyond just Florida, there will be uh, some ramifications certainly with 2022 in 2023 recruiting. I mentioned that you can uh, you can check out that article on Husker 24 seven. 
and it is a VIP article. And if you're not a VIP member, we got a good deal going right now. You can get two months of Husker 24-7 for just $1. That is, uh, is that less than the cup of a coffee these days for either of you guys? I know some of you foo-foo it up more than others, so it might cost a little more, but I don't drink coffee. Is that, is that about the, the cost of a cup of coffee, Brooks? It's uh, cheaper than the water you pay for at Starbucks when you go there. Well, yeah, but that is some of the best water that you could get. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, significantly less than a cup of coffee, um, unless you're just drinking really, really, really bad coffee. And what do you think, BC? Yeah, it's definitely less than the coffee I get uh, every day. Um, from caribou although i love the good people at caribou and they've been asking me every day when i go in there is there going to be a season or not and i say i have no idea <laughs> that's the kind of analysis that you <laughs> pay for for a dollar yeah. <laughs> <Look at> <laughs> well we're just being honest about that one i mean everybody's talking out their butt we'll be honest on that who knows you should just start reading them verbatim sorry yacht tweets whenever they ask <laughs> No, so, uh, that's a good tagline for us. Husker twenty four seven, where we don't talk out of our butt. There you go. All right, well, appreciate that for the the straight news and analysis that doesn't come from our butt. You can get it for one dollar for two months right now. Be sure to check that out on the website. Go to husker twenty four seven dot com. Once you get signed up, you'll get all of the great VIP stuff. You, if you're a recruiting guy and you aren't signed up yet, there is an excellent Steve Wilfong article that breaks down how Nebraska is going to try to stay. We have another top 25 class under Scott Frost, some of the targets that they're searching at, who he feels good about, all of that and more. So be sure to check that out at Husker 24-7. When we come back, I'm going to talk about seeing Thomas Fedoni play last week. He set a record at Lewis Central, not just because I was there. That wasn't the record, but it was that he was utterly dominant. So we'll get into that. And then Brunts is going to break out, I believe he said, a dream machine in which he will come up <laughs> with a, an interesting topic for us to wade into here is the off-season that never ends, continues. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, and we are back. Thanks for sticking around with us. So I got to see Thomas Bedoni on Friday, and I have to tell you, uh, it was remarkable to me that he only had 236 yards because the team that he was playing, Sergeant Bluff Lutton, a top five team in Iowa in that class, very good, expected to be another team that could compete to get to the Dome, which is a, a big deal in Iowa. 
uh, I learned over the over the Friday that I was there. It uh, they they felt like they could cover him, you know, with just a single coverage, nobody over the top. And by the fifth offensive play, Lewis Central realized that they could just send him on a go route, and so then that ended. And it just felt like, you know, when they needed to get Fedoni the ball, when it was a, a moment that he needed to touch, they could do it. He could uh, – he made, you know, contested catches, open catches, quick screens, go routes, deep ends, deep posts. I mean, he was all over the field. And he did it after hurting his ankle. I mean, it was just a really impressive performance. And I have to tell you, there hasn't been a lot of times where the biggest guy on the field – is also the fastest guy on the field. And seeing that at the high school level is pretty impressive. There are a lot of uh, five foot ten defensive backs making business decisions about how they were going to try to tackle him? Yeah, well, at one point they started to bracket with two different players, uh, which I thought was relatively smart. But then Lewis Central lulled him back into just running, you know, on first and second down, just running up the middle because the numbers weren't in the box. So then they got him back to single coverage, but then they weren't going over the top with it. And I don't know if that was because Fedoni's ankle had probably swelled up a little bit and he just wasn't going to be as fast. Uh, but they, they'll attack you that way too. Lewis Central has a really nice team. I think one of you two guys are going to go see him for the first time uh, this season, this upcoming week. And I think you're going to be pretty impressed. They got a kid in, in Jonathan Humple that is a 2023 DB wide receiver athlete type. He returned the opening kick. Hunter Dale, who just picked up a Wisconsin offer today, is a defensive lineman. I really thought he played well. He's got a great motor. I mean, he was probably led the team in tackles, and that includes like he looked kind of like uh, how the Davis twins would when there's a, a screen pass and he's able to disengage and chase the the running back down for a minimal gain, despite the fact that the guy caught it like six yards away from him. Uh, so it's it's pretty impressive watching what they have going on at Lewis Central. Braden Lofton, the kid that was at Millard North that transferred to Omaha Burke and is now the other six foot five wide receiver across from Thomas Fedoni. If they were paying too much attention to Fedoni, they could go with Braden Lofton. So they're they're an interesting team. I think you're gonna like what you see, Brooks. Are they uh so I is Thomas Fedoni the best recruit that you've seen in person? No, Darnay Holmes is still the best. And as good as Fedoni was, you and I both got to see Monte Harrison. And I don't know if that just has, like, the, the fact that he's now in the majors or the fact that he never played at Nebraska, so he couldn't go against it. Um, but he was just really, really good. And Fedoni's really, really good, too. I mean, he's, he's probably third behind those two guys. Darnay Holmes is still the best I think I've ever seen. Uh, and, and he was just incredible at the high school level, just super fast, could make any play that you wanted, was basically a touchdown anytime he touched the ball, you know, was very aggressive on defense. Uh, so I, I think it would still be Holmes for me at this point, but Fedoni might be third behind Harrison and really he might even be tied with Harrison and I'm probably going to see him again this season, which will give him a leg up. What I like about him is I was reading your story from up in Minnesota and even though he's, he's the big dog and then there's all these stories about him and headlines, he really put it on team, uh, a team focus on it when he was talking to you. 
And also, like, came into that game, he was able – he put a chip on his shoulder about the other team being more highly regarded in the rankings and stuff like that. And I just like – this goes back to when he worked out at the Warren Academy and you watched that, and he didn't have to show up. But I just like how he fuel – he finds fuel for himself to just compete no matter what at the highest level. And uh, even though he's already got what everybody – aims to get you know at that level but he well he wants a state championship so I just like that about him the way he comes off and that in he's in constant competition mode it feels like yeah he, he's a guy that loves to compete he I mean he's definitely a team guy you hit that nail on your head I mean I I didn't run a lot of the quotes of him just kind of talking about their team because it didn't necessarily fit with where I was going with the story but that was the first you know in the middle and the last he was always working in as to what their goals are to accomplish as a team is always secondary to whatever he does in a game. And that's, you know, the the great attitude for him to have. The one thing that I wish that I would have saw last week and maybe Brunts will get to see more of it is, and and he's not going to line up like a tight end in high school, but I I really want to see him having to block against a linebacker, having to take on someone a little bit bigger, see how physical he can be. There was moments uh, against Sergeant Bluff Lutton where, you know, I think he was a little, miffed about uh something a defensive back was doing and as the game was going on because he went after this kid a little bit on some of these plays and you can uh, I got a video of one of them but I mean he he has some tenacity when he blocks I just want to see it against some bigger guys so we can see where he's at from a physical sense but I have no question in my mind that as far as receiving he will be the best receiving tight end from a skill standpoint Nebraska has brought in in many a year. I mean, he is his catch radius is huge. He's got really, really strong hands, and he didn't drop a single pass thrown to him. He didn't bobble a single pass. Uh, I mean, I think he caught a one-handed ball that his vision was was blurred on that touchdown just before half that I posted the video of, uh, where the guy, you know, the guy read the route, he jumped the route, he missed the ball. And the ball was behind Fedoni. He still adjusted and looked like he caught it with just his left hand only. Uh, we saw him make – or I saw him make some terrific catches at the Warren Academy. I mean, so I, I think from just a catching, receiving standpoint, he is absolutely ready to help a college football team. But the rest of it, he's going to have to get a little bit bigger. And then I want to see what he actually can do as a blocker to see if he can be a full-fledged tight end and not just a a guy that when teams see him on the field, he's going to be split out away from any sort of run blocking. All right, Brunts, do you, uh, you got a topic for us? You got some more high school stuff you want to dive into? Uh, We can, we can give the wheel a little spin. It's been a while. I think there's a couple. uh, Your dream machine was to bring the wheel back. Yeah, it's back. I've been working on it. Um, I figured what the heck this off season is never going to end. So it's, it's wheel time again. And we'll give it a little spin, and here we go. Oh, wow. You really – you've been working out. A lot of pent-up uh, frustration in that spin. Did he spin it with his calves or something because of all the steps he's been getting in? Jeez. I got those little chicken legs. I got no calves. You don't have the Phil Mickelson calves? Yeah. You don't yeah, do the I'll... Phil Mickelson workout? <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't have the – I can't activate the calves. Uh, okay, here we go. So – Looking at Nebraska's current recruiting class, and this is, again, a lot of engraving on my part, so so stay with me, all right? (laughs) So of Nebraska's current um, three-star commits, so 
basically looking at this is going off the composite. So no Thomas Fedoni, no Teddy Prohaska, no Randolph Kapai. Everybody else is in play. Which of those three-star commits would you stake your name to the, that guy playing at a all-conference level? And I'm not talking like honorable mention all-conference, but like selected by coaches or media. Yeah, uh, you you gave me this question on the uh, the recruiting hour. I'm just going to give you the same answer. Unless no, I'm... do a different one. Do a different one. Yeah, uh, fine. Fine. It would have been Henry Lutowski, who I think people know at this point that I'm really high on. But there are other guys that that fit this parameter that I'm intrigued by. Uh, one of which. I... I'm going out on a limb here. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't if Sean Hardy is the best wide receiver in this class. Uh, you hear Bob Spire, his coach at Camden County, talk about him, talk about the talent that he has to go up against, that he's been going against, you know, D1 defensive backs for several years now, that he's by far the best athlete in their school, which is very talented. He's an outstanding soccer player, he's a very smart, uh, studious kid that he says tracks the deep ball as well as any player that he's coached and has a big catching radius at six foot three, 190 pounds. I think we forget about Sean Hardy a lot, especially because Latrell Neville had all of those offers and was a, a bigger target. And then Kamonte Grimes, who, and I like all three of these guys, so don't get me wrong. Kamonte Grimes is, is a guy that, uh, you know, has a lot of attention because he could play multiple different positions. And he's just a really good athlete with a really nice build at six, two, 205. Give me Sean Hardy. I mean, like I said, going out a little bit on a limb here. I don't feel as strongly about this one as I do Lutovsky, but I still really like Sean Hardy, and I think he kind of gets forgotten about in that group. BC? I'm going to go with a real wild card here. Ladarius Webb Jr., who has one offer. <clears throat> the fact that they were so confident to offer him and his bloodlines with his father playing in the NFL at the Ravens. And I know he's listed at 5'10", 170. But I think he if he has great length. So I think he plays much bigger than that size. And uh, I don't know. I just have this sort of – maybe it's the old Antoine Winfield vibe where I feel like the son is going to follow, follow the father's footsteps a bit and be a pretty good player, better than some people know. I think he's a guy who, if there were normal camps and stuff, he could have he could have broken out in a big way and got more offers. Um, so he's a guy, I would say. And then my other answer was probably going to be Kamonte uh, Grimes, just because I, I, I know Nebraska's been snake bit a little bit in Florida recently. Um, but he's such a versatile guy. I mean, I know Michigan was interested in him as a defender. And he just, he's just one of those, Mike Riley would always say, that guy's a football player type of guys who can do everything. And he, he comes off that way from what he's done at the high school level. Um, I like Pat Payton a lot too, but I know there's some, you got to hang on to him and all that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'll go with the web uh, for kind of a off the wall one. I'm going to, I'm going to stick close to home here. Uh, and I want to say Kobe Bretts and I think one thing that always intrigues me a little bit is if you see a defensive back who you're able to bulk up a little bit and potentially move to linebacker, 
And, you know, I know Brett's is a safety. I, I think he's got pretty good ball skills um, and is probably uh, a bit underrated as an athlete. But, you know, the, the discussion about whether or not he's got the frame to, you know, potentially add some weight when he gets to Lincoln and, and use some of those skills at the outside linebacker spot, it's intriguing to me. It's a little bit of a JoJo Doman type situation. And I think those types of guys have the ability to kind of shine in this defense because, you know, it, it is so focused on trying to get turnovers, trying to, uh, you know, affect the game that way that I, I think he could be an intriguing piece close to home. And I think he's a guy too that uh, probably didn't get the run that he deserved as a recruit just because it seemed like everybody kind of caught on to him a little late uh, w- without, you know, being able to see him in camps and that kind of thing. So I will go with uh, with Kobe Bretz for my answer on that one. What would your guys' answer be from the 2020 class to the same question? Well, let's see here. Hmm. Let me let me pull up that class so I can refamiliarize myself with this. You've got Alante Brown, who would be a popular choice at this moment. Um, yeah. Malga Clements, Blaze Gunnerson, all three star. Jordan Riley's a three star guy. Timon Lynham would be a very interesting kind of in the same, you know, he would be a little bit like Ladarius Webb in that, I mean, I know he had a few more offers, but probably under-heralded as a recruit. And he's gained 26 pounds since he arrived in January. And uh, talk about a guy with a chip on his shoulder. If you pay attention to him, he's got it. And I know coaches kind of like where he was going. Um, so, I mean, Lynham would maybe be an answer. I would come up with, too, a couple of DBs for my answers. I think Jordan Riley is going to be a good player. I don't know that he's going to be, you know, have the flash to to be like an all-conference type player. But I think listening to the coaches talk about him and, you know, kind of limited small samples this spring, I think they were pretty high on him uh, in in what he can be uh, with his experience from having been at North Carolina and then um, at uh, down in the junior college ranks. I'd probably go that – I think he's going to be good. I just don't know if it's going to be – he's not going to be a guy that you're probably going to, uh, you know, talk about at the end of the season for all conference type consideration. I, uh, I'm going to go with a big boomer bust guy where I think it goes one of two ways. He's either going to be really good, which I think he will be, and I think they're pretty excited about him, uh, or it could just end up being a guy that doesn't do much and, and moves on quietly. I'm going to go Jamari Butler. I really like Jamari Butler. I think his athleticism is outstanding. I think he's going to have a plenty of opportunity at outside linebacker. I think he's a guy that's just starting to, to learn the game of football. Uh, I like the fact that he's going to be able to work with Mike Dawson, and who I think can really help mold pass rushing, uh, something Nebraska needs at their outside linebacker spot. And I just think that there's something about getting a guy like that out of Alabama that has that much athleticism. You turn him loose. Uh, I'm really intrigued by Jamari Butler. Like I said, it's kind of like BC with the Lardarius Webb one. Though Butler had more attention and more interest from various schools uh, than than Webb might have. But I just – I like this one a lot. I mean, you have TCU and Tennessee also throwing their name in the hat there too for them. Uh, I I like Jamari Butler. He's one of those guys I'm really intrigued to see when, uh, you know, we actually get to see whatever this is that Nebraska football has. That's all the wheels got. The wheel is uh, – we can re- reload the wheel, but that, that was it. 
Sorry. I, I got an idea. Uh, I don't know if we'll do it this week because of schedules, but maybe maybe next week we should do a uh, mailbag version of the, the podcast. Like we'll just give people some time to send in questions. We'll figure out which ones we want to do. I know I did it on my radio show the other day. I actually really liked it. And I think it gives us a chance to maybe expand a little bit more than we do in some of the VIP chats. And it'll allow some of our free users to check some things out too. What do you guys think of that? Sounds we, we can do that in the future, I think. Yeah. So we, might, uh, we, we, we can maybe do it in exchange for some five-star ratings. Yeah. Yeah, that's not uh, a bad idea either. We could uh, we do it where if you leave us a five-star rating on either iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts, your question would be guaranteed to be asked on the show, provided that it fits our sometimes, you know, family-friendly content that we have here when I'm not swearing. Uh, so we will uh, we'll do that. If you leave us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts, we will make sure that when we do this mailbag podcast, your question is involved. Good idea, Bronx. BC, you have any final thoughts? I've used up all my thoughts. That's it. BC is done. Bronx, thoughts? Uh, no, I, I, you guys weren't quarter zips today. It's, it's like, uh, it's the official start of quarter zip season. I got a crew neck sweatshirt on and I'm loving it. Here you go. What's a, no. what's a crew? What, what's the crew neck? Crew neck is, it just doesn't have the hoodie. Like it basically was the sweatshirt before the hoodies became all the rage. Oh, you, you're wearing like a dad's, like the free sports illustrated dad sweatshirt. Yeah, basically. I mean, this is a triple B original, but, uh, you know, same thing. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, I think we will awkwardly end the show now. Be sure to check out the website at 247.com. We'll have plenty of content. Like I said, keep an eye out. Nebraska has been hot on the recruiting trail, and there is no signs that that's going to be stopping. There could be some news coming this week as well. So keep an eye out for that. Be sure to check out the two months for $1 deal. And uh, we'll be back, I'm sure, very soon with another podcast.